Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Knowledge with Homage. I'm your host, David Castle. Today is the 13th of January, 2021. Time is flying by. We're already almost two weeks into the new year, and things are looking a little crazy. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And let's just get right into it. I would say the big news that is happening right now would be the president of the United States being banned off of social media. And in fact, he's getting impeached again when he only has a week left at his job. So that's weird. I, I'm not quite sure what the what the deal is with that. But the precedent that this sets of the tech giants, the Twitters, the Googles, the Facebooks being actually more powerful than a supposedly elected government. Obviously, elections are all, yeah, if it worked, they wouldn't let us do it. But just to for them to blatantly come out and actually ban the official account of the president of the United States of America, not just Donald Trump's personal account, but the official account of the United States of America, the president's account, uh, pretty wild times that we're, that we're witnessing right now. And... Of course, they did this because they're saying that he orchestrated a coup attempt, an insurrection attempt on the, well, about a week ago, you had the big MAGA rally, I think, was that on the 6th of January? I believe it was. You had all these MAGA supporters, the Make America Great Again, Donald Trump supporters, were were, uh, in Washington, D.C. at the Capitol, protesting against what they perceived to be election fraud and a fraudulent government, mostly in the Democratic Party. Uh, and they think that they got cheated, so they're pissed, and they, they went up to show up for their homie Donald Trump. And then the the cops let them into the building. You can see in the videos that there's people at these barricades. There's a bunch of cops. They're at the Capitol. And then the cops just open the barricade and, and let them walk on, right on by. And then the people are like, what the fuck? They're kind of surprised, it seemed like. And then they go and walk into the building and they're just like looking around and taking pictures and videos. And you could sell their, you could see that they're all kind of bewildered to be there. They're kind of baffled and bewildered. And they're like, holy shit, they, they actually let us in. And they stayed within the velvet ropes. So quite a uneventful coup attempt. Usually when there's there's a coup and an insurrection and you're trying to overthrow a government through force, which is what insurrection means... Uh, you're running in there with guns and shooting motherfuckers and blowing shit up. Although people did die. That one lady uh, got shot in the neck by a cop. But she's white, so we don't care about that. And she liked Donald Trump, so it don't matter. It was justified. But this is what they're doing. They're using these uh, these events like this, which were so clearly orchestrated and inside job fucking things. And just so many holes in the official narrative that anybody with half a brain could see that this wasn't an insurrection. Um, But that's what they're calling it. And they're going to use this to bring in their new domestic terrorism legislation, essentially a Patriot Act version 2. Of course, the first Patriot Act came about right after 9-11. Big, long bill, thousands of pages, but they needed the right... um, emergency in order to introduce it and of course they got 9-11 which was the biggest thing like to ever happen 
and there was no resistance to this Patriot Act bill that was implemented, which was something that was a, a big part of taking away what little freedoms that you had and making it so the government can spy on everyone and everyone's a terrorist, basically. So uh, Joe Biden was instrumental in making the Patriot Act bill. It, it, it was modeled on some anti-terrorist legislation that he wrote previously to that. Joe Biden's been a politician fucking forever. I don't think he's ever had a real job. And yeah, so he he's the guy behind the Patriot Act. And now, as soon as he is getting into office now, they have this other false flag type of event, the supposed storming of the Capitol insurrection event. And now they want to introduce domestic terrorism legislation, essentially deeming anyone who disagrees with the ruling elite uh, to be a terrorist. So people like me, you know, conspiracy theorists, we've been in their focus for a, a very long time and demonized and, and been made to look like lunatics and and just the worst people ever. And um, now they're doing the same thing just to Republicans, for for people who are maybe more patriotic and, and just brainwashed by the Trump side. I'm not a Trump supporter at all, but um, I think everything that's happening right now is is an attack on everyone. And they try to divide it by party and by race and all of this. But at the end of the day, we all lose. And this goes along with the agenda of the of the ruling elite people, whatever you want to call them. So just absolutely insane things that are happening. I mean, to think that the president was banned off of Twitter and that the official president thing, no matter how much you hate the president, uh, there is something called freedom of speech. And this was supposed to be a, a right that could never be taken away. And we were allowed to say what we want, but not anymore. Not even the president, which is just, it's such a big flex by these technology companies, this um, Silicon Valley cartel that really controls things because everything's about the internet now. You can't do shit without the internet, without your phone, without having an internet connection. And everyone is obsessed with social media and it's the biggest influencer on the planet. It's like television times a hundred. So you have the power to influence a lot of people over these networks and they're really showing what they're all about right now and with the censorship. Now the problem with this, doesn't matter how much you hate Donald Trump, is that it's going to be moved to other people. This is just the beginning. They're going to use it to silence everyone. And at first, it's going to be deleting people's social media. And they've been shadow banning people for a long time. I think I've been shadow banned on YouTube since, fuck, like six years ago now when I dropped my first video. Anything about like chemtrails, 9-11, big conspiracy things that have the uh, they have the potential to really open a lot of people's eyes and get them to understand what's really going on in this incredibly corrupt, demonic system. Anybody who's doing that kind of shit is being censored. They're not going to get any love. They're not going to get any promotion. The algorithms are going to ignore them, and uh, they'll they'll get their channels deleted. Ever since COVID-19, this has been kicked into full force, and it's actually out there in the open and I'm sure you've seen it on social media like Facebook and Instagram where they put little disclaimers on the bottom of people's posts if they're talking about COVID-19 or vaccination or anything like that. But now they've moved from that because they said it was for your own good, right? 
when COVID-19 happened, there was all these conspiracy theorists that were trying to dismiss the severity of it and just claim, you know, stating facts about how they're manipulating the numbers, how the PCR tests don't work, how they say they work, how it's not an actually good diagnostic test and how it's being misused and used to inflate the numbers and how people were being more harmed by the treatment of their supposed disease that they had than if they were to just do nothing because they were taking people and throwing them on ventilators and causing them to die and sending people who were sick into nursing homes to, and though those people die. So there's just all this crazy shit that's been happening this past year. And it was so out in the open and it was so sloppily done by the, by the criminals who are doing this stuff that it was very easy to point out by any researcher who, who's like halfway intelligent. Um, so that's the reason why they had to kick the censorship up. And and then they said, of course, it was for our own good because there's these people who are peddling disinformation, these conspiracy theorists who are just this fringe group of lunatics who who hate vaccinations, they hate old people, they hate whatever. I don't whatever uh, misleading like derogatory term you want to label a critical thinker with. They were they were calling us that. So now they're like moving from that. So from for it was for your own good since there's a virus and and now we you know you don't have rights apparently because there's a virus the the constitution just gets thrown out of the window but now it's just like cuz Donald Trump is bad now we're just going to ban people because cuz they're bad cuz they're mean cuz they're racist supposedly and just make up anything about these people and use that as an excuse to ban them and just get rid of them and and censor them and eventually it's going to be like you can't even get on the internet maybe they'll flag you and I don't fucking know, but Mozilla Firefox was saying that they're not going to let Trump use their internet or something, or if, I don't fucking know. There's so much going on, it's crazy, but it's right before our eyes, and everyone's a terrorist, and get ready for the Patriot Act number two, and it's crazy to th- see how the blue checkmark people are, are talking about this, the Hollywood people, the journalists, you know, the mainstream people. They're trying to say that anybody who has ever said a good thing about Trump is just a terrorist. And that the this event that happened at the Capitol was an insurrection attempt and that these people need to be tried for treason. When, like I said, they were invited in. They were The gates were opened and they walked in and they were like, holy shit, I can't believe we're in here. And they were just taking pictures, and may, yeah, maybe somebody broke a window or something, but it was nothing crazy. It's not like what they're making it out to be on the mainstream media. They've actually compared it to events like Pearl Harbor and 9-11. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous, these comparisons that they're drawing there. Meanwhile, th- th- there's been these Black Lives Matter uh, protests, riots, that have been taking place for almost a year now, where they've actually burnt down a, a bunch of businesses, taken over police departments and burned vehicles. People have been shot and, and beat up and, and killed and all kinds of wild shit that would pretty obviously be a riot that they're just deeming as being peaceful protests and just, you know, people exercising their rights as American citizens. And yeah, of course, there are people doing that in there and there is a real sentiment to be had there with with racism in police departments and and people being targeted because of their skin color and all of that. And there is some unjust shit taking place and a real sentiment with the BLM protests. But there's 
obviously a huge agenda, and they're so hypocritical about how they label shit. You can have riots for a year, fucking shit being burnt down, all kinds of crazy fucking shit, and that's fine. That's just peaceful protests, mostly peaceful protests, as they're standing in front of a burning building (laughs) talking about how peaceful it is. And then you have some people who, because they're white, because they like Donald Trump, they're terrorists, and just for walking into a building and staying within the velvet ropes. <laughs> so it's just blatantly hypocritical. Like I said, I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm fucking a supporter of neither side because this is all part of the left-right dichotomy. They're both both sides are bad. The whole unit as a as a fucking unit is bad. The government is bad, and it takes both sides to to give people the illusion of choice uh, in order to do what they're doing here, which is the divide and conquer strategy. And it's so obvious for, like, I don't see how people don't see this. But people just, I don't know. I guess they just don't think. People are just, they want to fucking get the vaccine and shit. They're crazy, man. I don't understand it. Ah, the hypocrisy. So I've just been thinking about that today. Like, what the hell is going on? And there's there's stories like this, which is from AP News. And it's just... a another obvious indicator that this was all planned beforehand and and part of the agenda, part of the the big psychological operation that's being, that has been being pulled on us for over a year now, probably longer than that. It took a long time to plan this shit, I'm sure. But this article headline says, Army Investigating Officer Who Led Group to Washington Rally. So, So the Army is investigating an officer, an Army officer, who led this group of you know, racist, ignorant, hillbilly, dumb motherfuckers uh, to the Capitol to to lead this insurrection and, um, you know, fucking turn America into some racist oasis, Nazi Germany type thing. I don't know. Uh, I'm just describing it the way I've read things. But there was an actual army officer who who was leading some of these people. And it says, this is from Charlotte, North Carolina. It says... The Army is investigating a psychological operations officer who led a group of people from North Carolina to the rally in Washington that led up to the deadly riot in the U.S. Capitol by supporters of President Donald Trump. Now, saying it it was a deadly riot because of – they're obviously implying that it was because of um, Donald Trump that people died when it was a cop that that shot someone. You know, it was was the, the government killing people. It wasn't the Trump supporters. Uh, commanders at Fort Bragg are reviewing Captain Emily Rainey's involvement in last week's events in the nation's capital, but she said she acted within military regulations and that no one in her group broke the law. So just even acknowledging that the psychological operations is a branch of the army and is a, <laughs> is a is a thing that you can become an officer in psychological operations. Most people don't even know what that is. They don't even know that that exists. And that the government is using psychological manipulation tactics on the public as a way of getting through their agendas and what they want to do. So this is nothing new, and it's something that takes place all over the world pretty much on a daily basis and has caused a lot of governments to be overthrown and uh, actual coups, which which the U.S. government has been behind, um, 
this is the this falls into the realm of psychological operations because you have to manipulate the population of that country and get them so they want to overthrow the government so you mind fuck them a little bit and it's just funny that this lady was there and leading a group of people into the capital and now this is something that's going to be used to push in more legislation to take away more of our rights and you know, fucking go along with the agenda, the Great Reset, the this New World Order thing that we're moving into. Just fucking crazy. So I'll read a little bit more just to give you more of an idea. It says, this is a quote from her. I was a private citizen and doing everything right and within my rights, Rainey told the Associated Press on Sunday. Rainey said she led 100 members of Moore County Citizens for Freedom, which describes itself online as a nonpartisan network promoting conservative values, to the Washington rally to stand up against election fraud and support Trump. She said she didn't know of anyone who entered the Capitol and that they were headed back to their buses hours before an emergency curfew took effect. Rainey, who is 30 years old, is assigned to the 4th Psychological Operations Group at Fort Bragg, according to Major Daniel Lassard, a spokesperson for 1st Special Forces Command known as PSYOPs. The group uses information and misinformation to shape the emotions, decision-making, and actions of American adversaries. So, so this is an actual branch of the government, of the Army, that specializes in promoting misinformation against American adversaries is what they say. Now, keep in mind that with what they're saying right now, um, people like Republicans or conspiracy theorists are now being labeled as domestic terrorists. So that would count as an American adversary, wouldn't it? And these PSYOPs groups are, that's their job, is I'll read it again. It says, known as PSYOPs, the group uses information and misinformation to shape the emotions, decision-making, and actions of American adversaries. So it's obvious right in the uh, right in front of you. This shit exists in there. They out here. So fucking absolutely amazing that this stuff could be in the mainstream media and then people still can't put two and two together. Absolutely crazy shit. So, thought you guys might find that interesting. Let's see, what else do I got for you? There's a lot going on. Uh, Just to give you a little more background on this new domestic terrorism law, it says, Capitol Hill assault revives calls for domestic terrorism law, but civil liberties groups are wary, as they should be. And it says, before we go down this road again, we should think very carefully about whether new authorities are actually needed and how they might be abused. Uh, This is written by Alex Emmons. This is from The Intercept. Since Trump supporters stormed the U.S. Capitol building on Wednesday, evidence has piled up showing that many had violent intentions. Photos of nooses and zip-tie handcuffs and videos of assailants trying to smash their way through barricaded doors have highlighted how much danger members of Congress were in before they were evacuated to safety. Oh, how how terrifying. These, these members of Congress were in danger. You know what? That's a good fucking wake-up call. This shit needs to happen more often, in my opinion. Not that I support Trump in any way, shape, or form, but the government should be afraid of the people because the people are the ones who really have the power. And they need to 
they need a reality check once once in a while because and what hypocrites they are and what fucking cowards you got so many of these people in the government who want to for example take away your guns they want to take away your your right to protect yourself and and have an ability to to defend yourself Meanwhile, they surround themselves with people with guns, and they won't leave the house without having someone with them who's carrying a gun, protecting them. <laughs> They're just such cowards. And it was so funny to see the 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 photos of them like ducking down, cowering like like little bitches for these people who are walking through the building, staying within the velvet ropes <laughs> during their insurrection. And another thing is, Congress is the one who's starting all these wars and shit, and. It's, uh, they're just such hypocrites. They spread more violence across this world than anyone, and they're the ones to scream uh, how how they were in so much danger and people were trying to hurt them. And and they're these are terrible people, and something needs to be done about them. They're terrorists. Meanwhile, they're terrorizing the entire globe, killing people. But it's fine since they're poor people in the Middle East. That's fine. We're not going to talk about it. Uh, it. Says the events of January sixth may be. The defining moment of Donald Trump's presidency. (laughs) But the siege was also the culmination of years of warnings about the growing threat posed by far-right extremists. An October report from the Department of Homeland Security, for example, said that white supremacist extremists will remain the most persistent and lethal threat in the homeland. So we've we've moved from where we were uh, after 9-11, immediately after it, to where we were supposed to be... Fear Islam and fear Muslims. Now it's it's white supremacy. How many white supremacists do you know, really? You really know any fucking clan members? I've never known one in my whole entire life. In fact, I've never even known someone who was like super racist and blatantly out there beating up like black people or, or Jewish people or whatever. I've never seen that shit. There might be people who make little jokes and stuff, and maybe there is some racist sentiment, but it's not the way they make it seem. They make it seem like anybody who's ever voted Republican is just a racist person, and like they demonize them so hard. And this is it's so obviously part of the divide and conquer strategy. And it's just it's it it would be funny if it wasn't so serious and people didn't actually like believe it. Ah, anyways, continuing, it says, Can we just accept that the post-9-11 era is over? Michigan Democrat Alyssa Slotkin, a former Defense Department official who touted her experience as a CIA analyst in Iraq and her expertise on terrorism and insurgencies when she ran for Congress in 2018, told MSNBC. Fuck, that was a long sentence. We're in a new era. Uh, While noting that external threats like Russia and China remain, Slotkin continued that the single greatest national security threat right now is our internal division. It's the threat of domestic terrorism. It's that polarization that threatens our democracy. The polarization that they are creating, members of the media, these these people who call themselves journalists, who are, are just the scum of the earth, along with these politicians as well, and these CIA motherfuckers and these people in the army, and they're they're just the absolute lowest form of life on this planet. But um, yeah, they're they're just trying to help you, and this this Patriot Act. 2.0 thing is is going to be for your own good. Now, it's it's interesting to consider where the 
the terrorist legislation that Joe Biden originally introduced, which served as a basis for uh, the the first Patriot Act, which which came into play after nine eleven, uh, there there was the the bill that Joe Biden wrote before that, and the excuse he had to introduce that was the same type of thing. It was domestic terrorism, and the event that sparked that was the attack on the Oklahoma City building, the federal building in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And uh, I've actually been there, and I've done a lot of research on that particular event because this was like a a precursor to 9-11, but it was also something that allowed the government to to kind of break through those rights that we had uh, in in the Bill of Rights and the Constitution, rights of privacy and things like that, and and make it so the government could always keep keep more of an eye on us and and tap into people's phone calls and just do do different type of sh- shit that they legally weren't allowed to do before that. But in order to change laws like that, you need to have an event where you can point to it and justify it and say, hey, um, unless you let us pass these bills and and, and create these new laws uh, where we can take away more of your freedoms, well, this is just going to keep on happening and buildings are going to keep being blown up and and these these crazy domestic terrorists, these, these white serial killer terrorists who just hate America are going to blow up more buildings. And if you look into... Uh, Timothy McVeigh, who was who was the one that they blamed for the Oklahoma City bombing, you could you find a lot of holes in that story, and there there have been a lot of documentaries made about that. I think James Corbett has a really good one on it, and th- there's just there's a lot of holes in that story and what really happened. Some people say it could have been some sort of directed energy weapon attack. Um, th- there's questions of what explosives were really used and and who was really involved in all of this. Uh, I think Timothy McVeigh was in the army too, and maybe had some mind control experiments fucking done. It was just like some weird shit, a, a plethora of things. And I went to the Oklahoma City bombing memorial to the building that was blown up. I went to it about a year and a half ago, and I saw it. And it was <laughs> obviously because I went there. And it's just really weird. It's just like what they did with the World Trade Center. Which, which I've been to as well, they create this memorial there, this very eerie memorial that's not really beautiful. Um, it, it's, it's not really, it's just very eerie and, and grim. Uh, and right there and overlooking the memorial and this, the spots they build supposedly as a tribute to all the people that died there, I'm talking about Oklahoma City, they have the big Illuminati pyramid with the all-seeing eye, the eye of Horus in it. And and just that that Illuminati symbol, you know, that symbol that they have to put everywhere, the the people really controlling shit. And it was just so eerie, and there was no ex- explanation of it. it, but it was like in this p- giant piece of marble. It was like fucking fifteen feet high, and it was this big bronze statue that looked like a coin, and it just had the the Illuminati thing, like <laughs> looking over this this site that that was so huge in um the way the future would un- unfold which apparently kind of looks like it was planned Oklahoma City was all part of the plan to to implement this new surveillance state this new this new world order thing that we're going into this global governance system where where they take away all of your rights and you just they have complete control over you but they'll do this to these sites and they'll do these symbolic gestures 
because symbolism is a language in itself, and it's a language of the initiated. It's a language for people who understand it, just like any languages. You you can't understand a language that you don't know, or you don't know the definitions of the words and how they sound. Uh, the same thing is done with with like the picture type symbols. You know, I guess all symbols are pictures, and language is a symbol. And ah, uh, you could talk all day about that kind of shit. But the fact of the matter is, they'll do these weird, eerie tributes at these places where they've fucking blown shit up. They did the same thing at the World Trade Center where they created these, in the footprints of the, the Twin Towers, which are huge, by the way, they they turn them into these big fountains. But they're like waterfalls, and they're just all black, and like midnight black, as dark as you can make it, This this stone, like a marble type of stone. And it's just this black water flowing into this this black square and just going into nothingness. And it just disappears into the ground. And surrounding the perimeter of of the, the base of where the buildings once stood, this square imprint, are all the names of the people who lost their lives in in the World Trade Center. And um it's just really eerie and weird. And it's not like beautiful at all it's just really creepy and then next to that where they um i think it's the subway station the the world trade center subway stop where you can come in under the under the river i think it's the hudson right i don't know i'm not from new york but i've been there a few times and uh you you show up to like under the world trade center it's called the bathtub this part of it and which is a whole thing in itself on why that didn't collapse and and get filled with water if if all of this all of these thousands of tons of material fell onto it, but that's neither here nor there. It's a whole nother conversation. Um, the what they did with that, they redesigned that whole terminal, the subway terminal, and made it into this giant eye type thing, and it's like this white skeleton, weird looking thing. And it opens up, and when you look at it from the sky, it looks like an eye. Fucking the eye of Horus, the eye on the top of the pyramid, that Illuminati symbolism shit. And it's just, they're so out in the open with this stuff. And once you become privy to these symbols and what they stand for, you'll start to recognize them everywhere. And and you'll see that there's this whole, like, hidden language, but, but it's hidden right in front of us. And it's put out there to mock us. And these places where these significant events have happened, where they were behind them, whoever you want to describe they as, um, they, they just put it right out there in front of us to, to just to shit on our faces, essentially. And another thing that I, I noticed at the Oklahoma City Memorial, too, was across the street from it, there was this statue of Jesus. And it was a big-ass statue. It was like 30, 40 feet high. It was pretty cool looking but jesus was turning away from the building where where the terrorist act took place and he was crying and i thought about what that meant in 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 like a symbolic way like how that could be interpreted and to me it seemed like jesus who who was supposed to be a symbol of love and understanding and even in the face of any terrible act that happens he's going to remain strong cuz he's god there's nothing above Jesus, at least that's what you're taught in the the Christian faith. But at this place, he's turning away and cowering, and he's he's crying for these people. When he should be like, 
ready to embrace him or he'd do whatever, you know? Like, why would Jesus be crying? You know, he, did he even cry when he got crucified? I don't know. But um, it seemed like they were kind of trying to indicate that they were going to kill Jesus. Like, even Jesus is afraid of these motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, it's just... I don't know. Maybe I'm looking too deeply into it, but just the fact that they had that giant bronze Illuminati pyramid with the eye on it overlooking the Oklahoma City Memorial was something that was just just a clear indicator. And that these are all over when you start to go to these sites and and just try to understand what the fuck's going on. There's all these little symbols. So, just a a little aside there from from this thing because it all ties together. You know, Oklahoma City bombing ties together with with the uh, the precursor to the Patriot Act legislation indicating that there could be terror, domestic terrorists and that's why we need to increase surveillance on, on everybody because anybody could be a terrorist. This Timothy McVeigh, he was just a normal guy, just doing normal shit. And uh, man, it's just fucking nuts. And then you had 9-11 where that allows them to go and invade the Middle East, um, conquer all of these countries who weren't on board with the monetary system and steal their oil, steal their fucking artifacts and all kinds of history and whatnot. And just a lot of people made money by it and we're still there today. So, you know, that, that none of that would have happened without 9-11. And then you had the first Patriot Act and now we have this thing with these MAGA people and the supposed storming of the Capitol where they casually are strolling through inside the the velvet ropes, now they're going to use this to introduce some other legislation about domestic terrorism. So it's just interesting to look at the way these things, this these events in history are tied together. And, of course, because of the insurrection, Trump is being appeased, impeached by the House for a second time. Which is kind of crazy, <laughs> when he only has like a week left. Ay ay ay. Let's see what else do we have here. This was an interesting story, uh, one of my personal favorites from the last few days. It says Disneyland becomes Max vaccinate vaccination super site. And what a just a dystopic, weird thing right there. Disneyland to get your vaccines. It's been closed like for a long ass time, and now, now you can go there to get a vaccine. I uh, never trusted Disney. Never, never was a big Disney guy. And and you look into their stuff too, and all the weird um, things they sneak in there—the sexual things, the hypersexualization of the youth, and the little mind control symbolism, MK Ultra stuff. You'll you'll realize that Disney is a weird place, and Walt Disney was a weird guy too. But so just kind of funny that they're doing vaccines at Disneyland. I had a friend the other day tell me that she was going to get the vaccine. And uh, the place where they were doing it around here was the Reno Livestock Event Center. And I thought that was just hilarious that, you know, what? just how obvious, you know, you're just livestock. Go get your vaccine with the rest of the cows and the sheep and, and that'll be that. So. But kind of funny, Disneyland mass vaccination super site. It says, Disneyland, the largest employer in California's Orange County, will become a mass vaccination super site and will begin operations later this week. On Monday, officials announced that the resort will become the first super point of dispensing site in the county 
out of a f- planned five regional locations with the capacity to vaccinate thousands of people daily. The Disneyland Resort, the largest employer in the heart of Orange County, has stepped up to host the county's first super POD site. Oh, that's what I just said. Anyways, that, that article doesn't need much, much explaining. Uh, what else do we have here? Ooh, I have another good one. Oh man, this shit ain't loading for me. It must know I'm doing a podcast. They know. So, uh, Joe Biden's gonna be inaugurated. He's the guy. He's our new president. Fucking yippee. And guess who is going to be hosting this inauguration special? Just fucking guess. They couldn't have picked a better guy. Tom Hanks. Fucking Tom motherfucking Hanks. Cast away. You know, catch me if you can. He's in a bunch of movies. Good actor. Weird guy, though. I don't quite trust him. And earlier this year, when the Q thing was in full swing and the Pizza Gate, and there were all these celebrities that were like moving away to these weird places, Tom Hanks was one of them. And uh, there was all these rumors about Tom Hanks that he was a pedophile and that he left the country and became a Greek citizen to. Uh, to get escape being tried for his pedophilia crimes. And they were saying that he was like, you know, homies with Jeffrey Epstein and, and all of this shit. It was part of this QAnon thing, which is one of the big rallies behind the Donald Trump shit. They said that this whole coronavirus thing was actually just a plan from Donald Trump and this mysterious Q guy where they were bringing down this satan- this satanic Hollywood fucking ring of pedophiles. And they were saying that people like fucking Ellen DeGeneres and Tom Hanks were all in on it <clears throat> and that um, Donald Trump was going to bring him down. <laughs> and uh, I, I do think that that could be a real thing and that there is some weird satanic pedophilia going on that people in Hollywood could very well be involved with, but that Donald Trump was using the coronavirus as as a way of infiltrating these things and bringing them down. It just made no sense from the beginning. But it's just funny that that now Joe Biden won and Tom Hanks is the guy inaugurating because there were so many like QAnon rumors about Tom Hanks, that he was a pedophile. And if you go to Tom Hanks's, um his Instagram, it's really weird. He has pictures of like, random gloves in the street or like a shoe and just really creepy weird stuff it's not pleasing to the eye at all it's just creepy and like you're like what the fuck are you posting this for dude and really weird captions with it and the guy is a total fucking creep in real life and it's just i just find it ironic and funny that he's the guy who's gonna be inaugurating donald trump into the white house so let me just read you a mainstream view of of what was going on here. This is from August of this of 2020 now. It says QAnon has infiltrated the Hollywood rumor mill. And this was from wired.com. Uh blah blah blah. It says the plain view. My brother sent me a surprising text this week. Do you think Tom Hanks is a pedophile? He asked. <laughs> No, I responded, is that a rumor? I was at a loss for why anyone would 
asked that about this beloved actor. He said, big rumor, and I made a note to look into it on why on earth someone would spread such a horrid lie, but guys got sidetracked by another celebrity mystery. This summer, BuzzFeed published several reports on the workplace culture at the Ellen DeGeneres show, resulting in an internal investigation, plus a heap of terrible press for Ellen, who already had a much whispered about reputation for being not so nice. And, you know, I'm not even going to fucking read this because this is just a bunch of bullshit. But I'll just give you the the rumors that were out there. There were people like Tom Hanks, Oprah Winfrey, Ellen DeGeneres, uh, who, Alec Baldwin, I think. Just all these different celebrities saying that they were all pedophiles and they were, like, killing kids and drinking the adrenochrome that they took from them. Adrenochrome is this drug that is uh, made from people's blood. And when you scare the shit out of a kid in particular, they have all this adrenaline running through their body and then you like slice them open and drink their blood and and it gets you high. And that's how you make adrenochrome. Uh, Not that I've ever done it, but that's what I hear. That's what they tell me. So this was a whole rumor going along and like you probably saw people posting shit about it, about these sex trafficking rings and and all these kids who are being... uh, kidnapped and and turned into sex slaves which is a real thing and i do think that some big hollywood players are involved in that i but don't have any proof of it i mean you have the epstein thing but you know where is that gone hasn't really gone very far but we do know that the the cia and the israeli Mossad they use these types of operations to manipulate people they'll use pedophilia as a blackmail tool to get people to do what they want so they put pedophiles into positions of power Ooh, pedophiles into positions of power that's a that's an alliteration i think uh anyways they'll do that and they'll that's so they can fucking control them they say if you don't do what we say we're gonna tell everyone you're a pedophile and that's that doesn't look good on your resume so that's that's the idea behind it that people have, but the whole QAnon thing is is very far fetched and was obviously bullshit because none of what they said happened, and that is evidenced by what happened on the sixth because they were saying that Donald Trump was still going to somehow be president and he was going to like this is all part of the plan. You just got to trust the plan, and man, those people have been manipulated and brainwashed. But this is what happens when you when you go too far to either side. Like the people who are far, far on the left and believing that the Democrats can do no wrong, like obviously those people are idiots. And, and they just have this stupid, non-existent, in-reality view of the world. And the people on the far right are kind of the same way. They've, they've both been manipulated and they're, they're both victims of the same types of psychological conditioning and Stockholm Syndrome type shit. And that's what I spoke about last week on the podcast, I think it was, talking about uh, that guy's book, The True Believer. So, just an interesting aside how Tom Hanks is going to be inaugurating our new president. Good old Sleepy Joe, Creepy Joe, another creep in introducing a creep to the American people. And he's going to save the world, apparently. But I did hear that they're going to withhold are 2000 bucks because we were really naughty. We went and invaded the Capitol, tried an insurrection, so Congress is pissed at us and they're not going to give us any money. So good fucking job, guys. You fucked it up for everyone. Ah, what an insult. Uh, I have an article here that's about 
activists who stopped the installation installation of seven 5G masts, and they share how they did it. I'm not going to read the article, but if you're interested in this and you feel like you know you need a weekend project and you want to stop the installation of a 5G mast, I'll, I'll put a link to this so you can learn how. Because what I'm learning from this meme right here says 5G exposure may affect eyes, heart, skin, immune system, bacteria resistance, and more. And maybe it'll give you COVID. I don't know. The connections could be there. We're not allowed to talk about it, though. Man, speaking of talking, how long have I been talking for? It's been a while, but I got more stuff. It says uh, here, another article from Activist Post, the CIA releases Black Vault UFO files. Now, this is this is interesting, all of this stuff with UFOs that we've been seeing in the news lately, really for like 10, 20 years now. And a lot of people in the alternative media community, the conspiracy community, have talked about the possibility of the government faking an alien invasion and them using that as a false flag to just just have world domination overnight and total martial law, total control over everything because the world would need to come together uh, to fight the aliens. And we need to like stick together as one. Therefore, there's like, you know, we got to just do it because the aliens are invading. And people have talked about this as a possibility for, for a very long time. And I've seen links, you know, I've read patents about UFOs and like actual patents on anti-gravity flying saucers, basically, like 50 of them and dating back all the way to like the 50s. So they're out there and they're real things and they're verifiable patents that you can like look up on Google and look up at the actual U.S. patent office. So these things do exist, at least the patents do for them, and they were written by real people, real professors, and and real people who work for the government and the Air Force. Um, So they have the technology, and in addition to having the actual flying aircraft, or at least the patents for them, because obviously they don't leave those, you know, chilling in the fucking parking lot, they have a crazy hologram technology where they can make shit appear in the sky that fucking is just a hologram. They can make it look like a giant spaceship is in the sky, especially now when the sky is completely ionized. Essentially, it's like a big computer because of all the chemtrails they're spraying in it and electrifying that. They've ionized the atmosphere. And uh, apparently they got this crazy technology where they can make it seem like fucking spaceships in there doing some Independence Day type shit. So... Just interesting, thinking about everything that's happening right now, how much the world has changed since the coronavirus. And uh, you can tell they're all in on it. It seems like this is the end game scenario where they really need this to go through so they can have their new system. And even though it's so sloppily done and there's so many obvious holes in it, they got to do it because this is their, uh, I think this is an end game move. And it seems like, what if, dude, what if there was a fake fucking UFO thing event fake alien invasion that would really be the nail in the coffin so some people say this is like a a predicted programming type thing to get us ready for that i don't know only time will tell but i know when the aliens do invade be skeptical of these aliens check to see if they're holograms so this is a fun article and i'll read it to you it says cia releases black vault ufo files this is by tyler durden the, the pen name, 
Tyler Durden, not the guy from Fight Club, or maybe it is. The CIA has released a large cache of files involving unidentified flying objects, also known as unidentified aerial phenomenon, following a FOIA request by podcaster John Greenwald Jr. Greenwald operates a website called The Black Vault, where he has made the files available in searchable PDF format. And it shows a tweet here with these released documents, and of course they're all blocked out in certain places with a marker so you can read like half of it. And uh, says the release comes less than six months before the government's official UFO report, which was inserted into the COVID-19 omnibus, omnibus bill and includes reports that date back to the 1980s, according to Greenwald, who scanned everything by hand in order to create searchable PDFs. Around 20 years ago, I had fought for years to get additional UFO records released from the CIA, he told Motherboard in an email. It was like pulling teeth. I went around and around with them to try and do so, finally achieving it. And I received a large box, a couple thousand pages, and I had to scan them one page at a time. So it says, uh, researchers and curious minds alike prefer simplicity and accessibility when they look at data dumps such as these said Greenwald, adding that the CIA has made it incredibly difficult to use their records in any reasonable manner. They offer a format that is very outdated, multi-page TIF files, and offer text file outputs largely unusable that I think they intend to have people use as a search tool. In my opinion, this outdated format makes it very difficult for people to see the documents and use them for any research purpose. So, you know, they're out there. And I, I recently read an article too about some, I think they said it was a Harvard scientist talking about how we've already made contact with aliens. And, you know, every few days, you know, maybe every couple weeks, you'll see a different story about this and just throwing the, the alien thing out there. And why would they be doing that? Because they don't really, they don't have stories like that about ghosts, which would kind of be thrown into the same paranormal category where it's just you know, paranormal shit, like stuff they talk about Art Bell, you know, George Norrie, coast to coast. But it's always just aliens, never ghosts. So what do they plan to do with the aliens? I don't think they have control of the ghosts, but I think they got control of the aliens, or maybe the aliens have control of them. A lot of people think that shit, I don't know. I think it's more of a demonic thing. I really think there is a connection with some other realm that involves some demonic shit. Because the more you look into these secret societies and this occult stuff and people like Aleister Crowley and Jack Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard, you'll find out that the, it they are trying to make contact with another realm. And... and when you think about things like quantum mechanics and quantum physics and how all sorts of different universes can exist at the same time and there be different dimensions and and maybe like portals where you can go to these different dimensions and make contact with them and it it's like it seems like possibilities are, are infinite and also authors like H.P. Lovecraft like maybe this world is just like an H.P. Lovecraft book and you got these people who are on some Necronomicon shit, like doing some weird rituals. They really do this satanic ritual stuff. Like they believe in magic. And a lot of these events that are taking place, I think they are different magical rituals that are, uh, 
aimed at doing all kinds of weird stuff. I don't know. I'm not in the club, but uh, I, I I can't count that out as a possibility. The extra dimensional connection that that could be possible. I don't know. Um, but then again, there's other researchers who say that that is just something else who, that is uh, thrown out there to to throw us off the scent of the real tangible human beings who are who are doing this kind of stuff. But I would say that w- that would be more the reptilian shit that like David Icke is into where he says that, you know, some underground race of reptilian human beings are like shape shifting and becoming, turning into Hillary Clinton and shit. And, uh, I don't know about all that, but I do believe in, in demons and and things like that and, and summoning them and using them for their, uh, their skills because they, they live in a different realm and they can go places where you can. Maybe that could be beneficial to you. They can access the collective unconscious, but the bad side. And uh, if you want to learn more about demons and exorcism, you can read the book Hostage to the Devil by Malachi Martin. It's a fascinating book and it's about a few different exorcists and their experiences with People who are possessed and, and the, the whole exorcism process and it's fucking a real thing. But what else is real is the medical journal which warns that the iPhone 12 can turn off implantable defibrillators and all smart devices can cause accidental arrhythmia. Uh, so that's kind of scary. There's a meme here that says electrically conductive objects in or on the body may interact with sources of RF energy in ways that are not easily predicted. And I've felt stuff like this personally, like when I, t- I talk on the phone with certain people, I have a weird like ringing or like pulsation in my head. And I, I feel like I'm just extra sensitive to electromagnetic radiation. I don't know why. But I, I, there's these phones and these computers and this, uh, this sea of electromagnetic radiation and radio frequency that we're immersed in, and which is increasing on a daily basis, can't be health healthy for us. It can't be helpful to our health. And uh, this is something where this is completely overlooked. And the classic example being the five G thing that's being forced in. Uh, during this supposed pandemic, when this new radio frequency technology, which has never before been tested on on a human race in, in massive scale, is now uh, corresponding and coinciding coinciding with uh, a massive pandemic, a flu like pandemic, which is very similar to radiation sickness uh, symptoms. But that's a connection we're not allowed to make, and that's some shit that'll get you taken off social media. <laughs> Labeled a lunatic and a domestic terrorist because you have real concerns about what the fuck's going on. But that's just a bad thing apparently now. So this article is by BN Frank. Says there have been warnings about serious vulnerability issues, including by the FDA, associated with medical devices and implants that use Bluetooth, Internet of Things, and wireless technology. Uh, Additional warnings were recently issued in a medical journal. In a recent paper in the journal Heart Rhythm, doctors describe how they turned off the potentially life-saving cardiac defibrillator function of an implanted Medtronic device simply by holding an iPhone 12 near it. 
the authors had nothing personal against Medtronic, or for that matter, against the new iPhone. The main reason they singled the phone out here was because it is compatible with some of the most advanced new technologies available for various magnetic-based communications and charging. This technology known as MagSafe is basically harmless, unless you have one of these cardiac defibrillators, I guess, and it typically integrates charger, magnetometer, and NFC reader into a compact package that depends on fairly decent alignment for efficient operation. The problem, at least for Medtronic, is the magnets that facilitate the position, uh, the positioning and the docking. The iPhone 12, for example, has a ring of them around its central charging coil. In a nutshell, permanent magnets are never going away. They're simply a perfect solution to many gadget problems. Applications including securing cochlear implant links, joining cables, and fastening wristbands now make extensive use of a strong miniature magnet. Uh, Unless companies like Medtronic get on board and move to smarter device configuration options, they will continue to butt heads with consumer devices, and they will continue to lose. Smarter options don't have to be expensive. Just look at your cheap IR TV remote or ultrasonic receiver emitter pair. These devices simply work. They use an uncomplicated code to make sure there is no interference from all the other ambient sources that are invariably present. And it goes on, blah, 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 into the fucking... Technology of it. So uh, we'll see if this becomes more more of an issue. There's just so much different uh, radiation-emitting stuff in our lives. And it's interesting to um, consider the, the health consequences that could come about down the road. Like, what's it going to be like for the kids who grow up with an iPad on their face? <laughs> Probably not good. And there's all kinds of videos here. Uh, outlining the dangers of electromagnetic radiation, 5G, and different household items that are murdering us, smart meters and things like that. So I'll put up a link if anyone's interested. The thing is, like, you could read this stuff and recognize that it's killing us and (laughs) how bad it is, and, like, we all still use it anyway. I mean, technology's just too good. I guess too addicting, and even though it's killing us, like, it's not happening super quick, so fuck it. I guess. I guess that's that's how I think of it, I guess. Um, where am I at here? Oh, I've almost been talking for an hour. I hope you're still with me, listener. Because uh, there's a couple more interesting stories to go from. In Pakistan, the entire nation of Pakistan lost power in one massive blackout. It says top government officials in Pakistan are urging calm after the entire country was plunged into darkness on Saturday night due to a breakdown in the national power grid. A countrywide blackout has been caused by a sudden plunge in the frequency in the power transmission system. Uh, This blackout is nearly unprecedented as it has impacted over 200 million people across every city, town, and village. The last power grid shutdown approaching this size hasn't been since 2015. So, who knows what really happened behind that and, and what the purpose is. A lot of people's infrastructure isn't quite as dope as the United States, so I guess we could be lucky for that. And uh, pray for the people in Pakistan, because the entire country losing power could have some terrible consequences. Was it an EMP attack? I don't know. I know if that happened here, that would suck. Ah, What can you do? What can you do? There's an uh, article here. 
from the activist post as well. I'm not going to read it, so sorry about that. But it's talking about what I mentioned earlier um, with the nursing home deaths, and it's it's entitled "COVID and Nursing Home Deaths: The Case for Intentional Genocide." And I will post a link to this article in case you're interested and would like to read it. It goes into what happened with all these people who wrongfully died in these nursing homes, you know, our, our grandparents. So that shit's fucked up, man. The I think the elderly are are getting the brunt of this thing. And this is a, a, a population that's been targeted for a genocide, apparently. Actually, you know what? I'm going to read this shit because I'm interested in it. And then I'm getting out of here. Uh, so it says, this one's by Janet Philan, and this is on the Activist Post. And it begins, let me zoom in because I can barely see. A discussion of the genocidal potential for the COVID pandemic would not be complete without a hard look at its impact on the elderly. While COVID is reported to be far more dangerous for the aged, its impact on nursing home patients and the decisions leading up to the placement of COVID patients in these homes must be thoroughly dissected. According to recent reports, somewhere between 30 and 50 percent of COVID deaths took place in nursing homes. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo's much-discussed decision to place COVID patients into these facilities was preceded by statements from him acknowledging the peril posed by COVID spread in these homes. In an interview he conducted on March 10th with Jake Tapper, Cuomo stated, That's my nightmare, and that's where you're going to see the pain and the damage from the virus. Senior citizen homes, nursing homes, congregant senior facilities. This is my nightmare. We've taken steps, some drastic steps in this area. In New Rochelle, we're talking about, we said no visitors in a nursing home. And yet you're going to put COVID patients into the nursing home (laughs) to spread it to the most vulnerable, vulnerable segment of the population. Cuomo went on to say, all you need is a nine-year-old Johnny to visit his grandmother in a nursing home, give her a kiss, and you can be off to the races. That's my fear. The population in those congregate facilities, that is really what we have to watch. However, on March 25th, a scant two weeks later, Cuomo signed his infamous, infamous order directing nursing homes to accept stable COVID patients without testing them. So look at where we are right now with... uh you know, this testing bullshit. You can't do shit without getting tested. They want you to get a vaccine to do anything. And yet they're going to take these COVID positive people who they know they've had it and send them into nursing homes where you have these people who are the most likely to die from it. And you don't got to test them and then it's all fine. And just what hypocrisy and what blatant murder is has taken place before our eyes this year. It's fucking nuts. And people will still like vote for this guy. It's crazy. Let that sink in for a moment. COVID patients who were known to have had the virus but not tested to see if they still had it were put into homes known to be a petri dish for contagion. As a result, COVID spread through these populations just as Cuomo had predicted, like fire through dry grass. As of December 28, 2020, a USA Today network New York calculation of the confirmed and presumed deaths among New York nursing home residents, according to the COVID tracker, found that the total was more than 7,000 600. This statistic is misleading, however, as it does not include the numbers of nursing home patients who were transferred to and died in the hospital. Those numbers are unpublished. So that's, I mean, it's fucking murder. It's uh, crazy, you know? Seven, that's, those are people, 7,000, probably closer to 10, 15, who knows how many 
fucking because they lie about it. Uh, the state of New York rushed to exonerate Cuomo from culpability. A report issued by State Health Commissioner Dr. Howard Zucker insisted that the spread of the disease in nursing homes could be attributed to visitors, not to the stated policy of placing COVID patients in the homes. That policy was subsequently repealed. Other states have also reported significant numbers of nursing home deaths from COVID. As reported in Healthline, researchers reported that these facilities accounted for 63% of all COVID-19 facilities in Massachusetts. They added that nursing homes also accounted for 81% of COVID-19 deaths in both Minnesota and Rhode Island at the time, as well as 71% in Connecticut and 70% in New Hampshire. In 22 other states, long-term care facilities accounted for more than half of all COVID-19 fatalities. Another item for concern reveals that nursing home residents are dying due to lack of care rather than the virus during this public health emergency. As reported in the Associated Press, nursing home residents are now dying of dehydration and malnutrition rather than from COVID, as homes are reportedly overwhelmed by the emergency. As the article states, more than nine, as more than 90,000 of the nation's long-term care residents have died in a pandemic uh, that has pushed staffs to the limit, advocates for the elderly say a tandem wave of death separate from the virus has quietly claimed tens of thousands more, often because overburdened workers haven't been able to give them the care that they need. Uh, this article goes on to report that a nursing home expert who analyzed data from the country's 15,000 facilities for the Associated Press estimates that for every two COVID-19 victims in long-term care, there is another who died prematurely of other causes. Those excess deaths beyond the normal rate of fatalities in nursing homes could total more than 40,000 since March. All of this would be simply tragic were it not for the fact that elderly people are already being targeted by government-authorized guardianship programs as well as by euthanasia laws. The shocking legal abuses which have afflicted the elderly in these programs are now getting some mainstream coverage, though the articles generally posit that the problems are a result of a few bad apple guardians rather than any concerted and systematic effort by the state to seize the assets and destroy the lives of those under guardianship. So... Just to make a connection to earlier as well, you know, they make everything in the media about about race. And they everything you hear is like how and, and in, in the government as well, everything is about how minorities are oppressed and black people, people of color, are being systematically abused and murdered off and 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 things like that. And and the evidence of this is not quite as clear, yeah, I mean, yeah, it has happened historically, for sure. But this is happening right now, and there's clear evidence of what's happening about old people being killed. Black, white, Mexican, Chinese, whatever. There's old motherfuckers being killed in these nursing homes systematically. Shit is like genocide. You know, it's a euthanasia program. And uh, no one's in a big fuss about this. Like, it's just really sad what, what happens to our old people in, in our country. Now we just hang them out to dry. It's poor old people. It says one attorney, Ken Dikowski of Illinois, who was forcibly retired from the practice of law after over 50 years due to his attempts to protect the rights of a woman under guardianship, disputes this perception. He says this is a holocaust on the elderly. 
he has also been tracking the reports of nursing home COVID deaths, which he states further buttresses the argument that the elderly are on the chopping block. A recent report from an advocate for guardianship reform, Teresa K. Abba Kennedy, reveals the intertwining nature of guardianship and COVID. In a report dated 1-9-2021, Kennedy writes, My 85-year-old mother is crying in the other room because she longs to hear her 92-year-old sister Lily's voice. They're the last two siblings left of eight. Lily is the matriarch of the family with upwards of 50 nieces and nephews. All of them have been blocked from even speaking with her for over four years after she was abducted by an improperly appointed guardian and her own court-appointed court appointed attorney. Yesterday, we found out that she wa- that the assisted living facility where Lily has been locked down has multiple COVID-19 cases. When we called the local sheriff for a welfare check, the officer said he could not share any information stating that it violates HIPAA laws. We were told to contact the guardian who is not returning our calls and has unchecked power under current law. I called the state ombudsman and his power seems to still be limited. No agency at the state or federal level seems to have the ability or the will to help. Last week, my mother filed yet another motion for visitation with an emphasis on telephonic and video. Uh, Yesterday, the filing was returned, indicating that the division had to be changed to probate versus guardianship. Does this mean Aunt Lily has died and no one has told us? I don't even know what the fuck that's about. That sounds shitty, though. Uh, Anyways, it, it goes on and on. It's just sad and it's scary and it's uh doesn't make me want to get old <sighs> what can you do but we'll end on a positive note and uh a way to make some money and that would be cryptocurrency i think it's going to be a good year for crypto i think uh i think a smart man would invest some money in that shit and then you know, maybe make some money. It goes up and down. It's very volatile. But I think the future is in this decentralized blockchain technology. So if you have some money that's burning a hole in your pocket and you don't want it to just be devalued as they hyperinflate the currency by printing trillions and trillions of dollars, maybe you can wrap some of that shit up into some Bitcoin and Ethereum and whatever, you know? Do your research. See what you're interested in, what projects you believe in. And uh, maybe you'll get a return on your investment. I mean, historically, if you would have, like, if you would have put a thousand dollars into Bitcoin when uh, Trump became president, you'd have like fifty grand right now. So uh, the potentials for the return on your investment are are pretty huge in these things, and it's going to go up and down like crazy. But I think the overall trend will be to go up, up, up eventually. But only time will tell. So I'm not a financial advisor. I don't know shit. But I've been doing a little research here and there. Anyways, thank you so much, guys, for listening. I'm going to get out of here, and I'll send you away with this this old tune of mine. Peace out. A wave of water that came through the, 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 the village, killing 35 people. Weather manipulation. It's been going on that long. They have strontium, they have barium. It's acidifying water, it's acidifying the land. The ability to generate precipitation, fog storms on Earth, to modify space weather, and the production of artificial weather all are part of an integrated set of military technology.
brand shit on my town. Television being used for conditioning now. No one even speaks about it like it isn't allowed. The sky's made of white snakes and digital clouds. I see airplanes spraying shit on my town. Television being used for conditioning now. No one even speaks about it like it isn't allowed. The sky's made of white snakes and digital clouds. Clouds. 